This is Ethnic Stew, a podcast on race and ethnic relations from the standpoint of parents and grandparents of biracial children. Here are your hosts, John Glavin, J.P. Kendall, and Jill Kendrick. We really appreciate your listening, and taking 30 minutes to listen is actually a big commitment, so whatever time you can spend with us is really appreciated. Part two of our discussion with newspaper writer Jeff Boddy is in this episode of Ethnic Stew. In, in our discussions about racial understanding and indeed the lack of understanding between races, the media is consistently taking its lumps for shoddy or sensationalist news coverage, for capitalizing on controversy and hyping ratings, and even going so far as to lie to audiences in order to boost flagging ratings. The entertainment side of the media shares a large portion of blame, too. Movies and television shows tend to perpetuate racial stereotypes in dramas and comedies. But today we're going to concentrate again on news as entertainment instead of information, and increasingly the challenge of news deserts. Jeff Bonney is a local newspaper man since the late 70s. He joins us from Kankakee, Illinois, where he plies his trade at the Kankakee Daily Journal. We talk about the lack of personnel stability in media. We've been fortunate. Uh, I think the size of our paper and when we get people come in, the younger ones, the young kids, you youngins, they take a lot with them. And when they leave, uh, you know, they're thankful. They'll get in touch with you and say, hey, this helped me to get to this and do this. Uh, and, and, and that's very important. But uh, back in the old days. It's Isn't it sad we're saying that now? Isn't it sad we're yeah. at that point in our lives? I've told people I just had it too good with media. We had great radio. We had TV 18. And you also had the Indianapolis stations. And if you had cable, you, you could get Chicago. And you had newspaper, radio. It was good. Things have changed. and And change is good. But. Change is disruptive when uh, the person that's, you know, leading the band is doing it for one reason and you've been there to do it for a reason that is not opinionated is, you know. what reporting is supposed to be. Yeah. Well, and you you don't feel like an, like an interchangeable part. Well, that's true too, though, right? That's why a lot of, a lot of us as we got older, just quit the business, just got out. It's not fun anymore. I can make just as much money, you know, driving a truck. Jeff, you were talking about the, the company out in Arkansas. Yeah. I think that might be Sinclair Media. They're conservative slash Christian. This is the one that a few years ago when when the owners started having the anchors and that do propaganda yes uh, that's scary and if you go on youtube you'll find it there will be uh editorials the same script is in all of their gets they own or operate 185 stations and they have 70 mm-hmm. newsrooms now i was in their station in south bend a couple of years ago and the south bend property hosts the local news for south bend and Toledo. Wow. And I've mentioned that and and I've I said it with shock and some people have said I don't care who that is. I mean, I don't care if it comes out of there as long as it's accurate. Well, I care yeah. because these people have no idea the importance of the news. How can they know what's going on in Toledo if they're never there? 
even if the writer might be in Toledo, uh, it, that just, mm -hmm. that's a, an intellectually dishonest uh, cutting of a corner as far as I'm concerned. But again, it's the profit motive. When the, the line is blurred between news and profitability, that, <laughs> profitability, profitability. <laughs> yeah, there are more smaller groups that are doing the very same thing. It's all about money. Let's talk for for a few minutes about social media. What scares me is the the percentage of people that get their news solely from Facebook. Yeah. I'm only a notch above that, John. Only a notch. <laughs> I didn't even know that there was a news feed on Facebook until I read that. And then I went over and looked at yeah. it and said, oh, I'm never coming back here. I don't think yeah. I've ever looked at it, but I'm just saying, I just scan. Like, while I'm at my desk, I just hit, like, MSN or, you know, whatever. And I just scan and just, like, look to see what the news is about. If I see an article that interests me, I read it. If I don't, I'm, like, oh, sure. scanning and, like, oh, okay. You know, that's what I do. But that's not your sole source. You know, just, no, it's not. But, but no, some people. Like I've, I've told people, yes, and I've told people a lot. If I hear a word or someone gives me an idea or like some of the stuff I've heard tonight, I'm, I write it. I have it written on a piece of paper right here on my table and I'm going to go back and look at stuff because I, if I hear something, I want to know more about it. I want to read and find out, well, how did this happen or what brought this about or what does this word mean or how did this happen or what happened in this country today or, you know, whatever. I want to know more about it. So if something strikes me, I read it and then I go research. Monday covered the, the park board meeting about changes. Uh, they were talking about seeing if one of the villages next to them wants to annex them in. So then the police and fire department is closer because right now, as odd as it sounds, they're in the middle of like our tri-city area. The sheriff's department is the agency that covers it. But the two villages that are next to it, they people get there quicker. So they're talking that, they're talking about that they've got this really nice, it's a, called Exploration Station, a museum that's for kids like from two to eight. And there's been some talk that this new administration that's in here, they're going to just gut that out and do something else. And there's a group on Facebook, you know, talk of the town kind of thing. And somebody posted late last week that, hey, they're meeting, this is what's up. They fired this many people, this, 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 this. You go to the meeting, you hear what they say, and I never played the game telephone. I don't know how I never did. But yeah, you start you with one thing, <laughs> then you start with one thing, and by the way, by the time it goes around, it's changed. And people just, oh yeah, that's what so-and-so said. They fired this many people. I was doing some research for the story, and I was looking, and you know, I'm looking through the park district thing, and they got like 12 employees full-time. And, you know, they have seasonal ones. I get that. And they have part-timers. And I'm going, there is no way in heck that they're fired 17 people in 10 months since this new administration came in. And so I had talking to the, the director and I, I said, hey, what about this 17 number that I was given? And he said, no, no. It says, you know, we've they've either left. One was terminated. So there were five, but four left on their own because they didn't like what was going on. That's a heck of a lot lower than 17. And, you know, and some of the people that were in this were a couple of them that decided to leave. And, you know, they have a vested interest. I get that. They see things one way. And again, you know, going in and looking at, at this as you're covering it, I'm looking like, okay, 
let's get to the middle of this and see where this really can be or is it is amazing because people say why don't you report like they do on social media facebook well <laughs> we have different rules we play by yes uh, uh, those those uh, in social media are unencumbered by oh like a code of ethics we have you know like my former managing editor that just left said better to be accurate or true than first people want things in real time now because that's the technology we have uh, and I tell you, that's it's scary because they want the police during this pursuit to be t- keeping them up to date. Yeah, well, we need to be, be safe in that. Well, I'm sorry, the officer is on high speed chase. They're going like this. They've got this going on. It's not like they. And by the way, here we are. You know, that's being ridiculous. Mark Twain said that a lie is out of bed and out the door and 15 miles away, while the truth is still putting its shoes on. Something. And I just saw that the, uh, last week, I think. Somebody had put that out somewhere. A classmate of ours, nice guy, t- today on Facebook put up a meme. My pet peeve is if you're going to put something up on th- that is a social comment uh, that's serious, do your homework. This one said uh, President Zelensky has a $35 million home, has place in Florida, and $400 million in the bank. So why are we giving Ukraine all this money? I went to trutherfiction.com, typed it up. Sure enough, you did I went to tru- trutherfiction.com. What? Yeah. No, no way. You thought Come you on. thought to check it to see what was true? Yeah. That is a novel idea. That is such a novel idea. It's amazing that more of our classmates don't know that trick. Yeah. I, I could have been a, a complete dick and just said, nah. I just put the uh, the URL up and said, when I read $35 million, I thought there aren't that many $35 million homes in the United States, let alone Ukraine. So I, I just checked it out. So and I, Did you get called a liar and you have to be crazy if you believe no, that? No, no, no. Because I, I okay. like this guy and he likes me. And he, and, and as a matter of fact, I've he, he's posted some stuff before and I called him in on it. it but part of it is, is I, I'm not an ass about it. Again, that that give and take, that civility goes a long way. Yeah. Jeff, look, trying to remember which <laughs> which police shooting uh, that we were talking about. And it was it was after several in a row. And we talked to a sergeant uh, on the Michigan State Police and had him on talking about what can the police be doing differently, do you think? Uh, how do police look at this situation? Where do you think additional blame is? And one of the things that he said was, he said the media loves to stir it up. They love a story. So I I wanted your take on it. I have an idea what you're going to be saying. but Ironically, John, in the half hour before I zoomed in on you, I listened to that episode. Huh. I thought, you know what? We're going to talk about this and I, I, it was enlightening and I, he said a lot of truths in there are we going to agree on everything the one thing i want to know is the metropolitan the national all that stuff they have there's an agenda to it uh locally i don't know so they drive the uh the angle i guess that's a, a good word to use and sometimes and you know it comes down to again better to be accurate than first but when you're chasing ratings and dollars i guess they don't like to be 
behind. The, my last managing editor for we had it for two years, and it was more like twenty because you know it wasn't like we went out and did this is the spin we're going to give this. We live in a community. Community journalism is different. You do live in a community. You live with these people. Sometimes they don't realize that. You really got to watch your P's and Q's. Uh, the relationship I have with police is a professional one. There's no way in heck that it would be good to, you know, let's go out and have a few rounds. You might run into somebody at something, but I liken it to Field of Dreams as the doctor. He's going to take that step from the dirt to the to the gravel, which puts him back into his old age and all that stuff. And, and, and that's the way I look at things. And there's a reason for that. The objectivity is important. Um, I don't know it, why there's this, let's stir this up. It doesn't make sense. I, I, once again, it comes back to me. Just report. And if you've got a commentator that does, God, I don't even know. Do they have people come on for two minutes and read a commentary anymore? I don't know. But something like that, you've got leeway where you can inject. It's an opinion. The line is certainly blurred these days. He has points there. I'm not, I'm not going to argue that. Uh, you know, he brought up the part of, well, I think, you know, when there's an incident where some suspect uh, spits in an uh, officer's face, you know, and something happens, that is newsworthy. But when there's something, I think it was the officer that picked up the child during the uh, the protest. We're not here to hurt you and all that stuff. You've got a point. I, I, I truly believe, and, and, and I'm not trying to cop out here. I'm just looking at it from uh, being a community journalist. You see more of it that our jobs where there's good and, and sometimes nationally and the metropolitan places, you have less of it. You know, we've got a unique situation in this state with uh, the Safety Act, which is... Uh, been enforced to uh, what, 2021, where they did a lot of changes. They came in on uh, like a lame deck session, and and we're we're a Democrat state, so they got all together. And in the early hours of the morning, there was, I think it was 1,100 pages or so, and they had an hour to read it and then vote on it. And there was stuff in there that uh, they wanted things changed with how police are held responsible. There were good things in there. You talked about body camps. Great thing to have. Great thing to have because, as he said, and I think it gives you the picture of what is taking place at that time. They cannot be messed with because people that are making an ass out of themselves see that and then they go, oh, nothing happened. So if we've got the thing about the no cash bond thing, that's the one right now that's being argued before the Supreme Court in a couple of weeks. They want no cash bail for a lot of things. Uh, prosecutors and police are going to have to really cross the T's and dot the I's even more than they do to get a person a bond. And I realized the reason they were doing it is you had people in there with high bonds for such low-level felonies, some misdemeanors. It's out of whack. And you know we have Chicago and Cook County in the state and. And that drives a lot of things for laws and that. And there is a lot of good in that bill, and there's not good in that bill. I, I, that was an interesting conversation you had. Um, and I, I think he, the media has, 
I, I think you should always learn. I, I joke on a daily basis. I'll, I'll learn something and I'll turn to somebody else and say, well, that's it. I, I learned something for the day. I did it. I got that. Uh, but, I'm going to go back to bed now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Time for my 14th nap. Uh, I hope that's not but, true because I would just love Love to get a nap. I just would love to get a nap in the middle of the day. Just no, 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 14 nap. <laughs> Although I have fallen asleep when I'm working remote at home. Oh, but okay. it's interesting to report crime. I think there are certain things that get blown out of proportion. Uh, I, I liken it to this. When I started covering cops and courts in 2015, I knew of the world and it wasn't sandy beaches, seashells unicorns and rainbows but it's given me even more of a perspective of the world we live in and law you know is on a piece of paper written on a white piece of paper in black okay that's right but the world is shades of gray i tell people that if they can do it they they should take a week of vacation and go to a courthouse a county courthouse would be better than federal or that because you see the world, you see life. There's good because there's marriages that take place and adoption, and there's the not so good, you know, criminals, felonies, and business stuff. And again, I think I'm Don Quixote. I think you need to know something about the people that you cover. I think it's sad that people believe crime is basically black people. You go to a courthouse, and I go not as much on a regular basis as I used to because of the lack of staff and needing to cover things. But the bond uh, the bond court where, you know, you get charged, you go in, they set a bail. It's amazing at the number of people, you know, you see whites, Hispanics, and blacks. And the, the crimes are committed are the same for all three groups. I think people like to put a magnifying glass on blacks. And I, I, I don't get that. And um, it's a it's a simple know, it's a simple answer to a complex problem. Yeah, um, Jeff, uh, we talked about this in one of our. John, I'm going kind of way back on this one. We've talked about race issues a lot because that's what we're yeah. kind of talking about. But we talked about here in Lafayette, like the difference between when we were in school here, even if it was high school, college, grade school, yeah. and the differences that Lafayette has. It's different. taken in recent years and the demographic is different. Very different. And how many times you hear people say, well, those people came down here from Gary. Those people came from Chicago and they're taking all the welfare and they're taking, you know, this and that. And they brought all the crime to Lafayette and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And there was even one time I sent John a picture. There was a, there's, a, I don't know when the last time was you were in Lafayette, but downtown Lafayette has really changed in the last couple of years. Yeah. And there was a building being built and some of the actual wood being used to start the build was like bright orange and bright yellow and bright blue or green or something. Uh, Do you remember that, John? Do you remember that picture? And somebody wrote a comment about, oh, the ghettos coming to downtown Lafayette. There was an article or it was on a, it was on a site. I don't remember where I saw that, but then there were all these really ugly, ugly comments. And it upset me, and not because I was once married to a black man. It's just like, it's just really not fair. 
there may be some truth to it, but it's just not fair. And then people are saying, oh, they're moving all these people, all these criminals out to the South side now because and they're constantly calling for Tony Rozorski's resignation because they think he's a worthless mayor. He's brought a lot of business to Lafayette. He's brought a lot of growth to Lafayette, whether they like him or not. People have a preconceived notion that a person of any color other than theirs are the lower class, the lesser liked, more criminal, more bad. And I don't know if you guys know, have you been aware of the thing? It's, I know it's in other counties. I just don't know where all it is. But there is a guy in Lafayette now who there is a Facebook page, Tippecanoe County Scanner Freaks. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Do you know about this? Yeah. Friend of you, you've told me about it. They listen to the fire scanner, police scanner, coroner, and they will post stuff. Yeah. Now, just recently, in the last couple of days, maybe I, I haven't been 100% aware, but Recently now, they have pictures of car wrecks, pictures of ambulances somewhere, and it's sponsored by a local business. Oh, my God. Brought to you by so-and-so insurance company. Oh, my God. And they are posting stuff literally as it happens. Yep. And sometimes people say it's like an apartment complex, and they'll say a 10-0, so they suspect someone has died in the apartment. Yeah. These people will say, oh, that's right by me. I just saw it. It's in so-and-so's apartment. And then they'll start listing the names. Yeah. People have found out from this Facebook thing that their loved one is deceased. Yeah. And I find it appalling. So when you talk about how people get their news, yeah. these, uh, and I'm saying these people, and I, I, I really don't like that term. No, but, but <laughs> the people using this, this Facebook page, it is providing instantaneous news Mm-hmm. News in the terms of crimes or fights or someone shot or the coroner being called or the police are having a problem with this guy at the mental health hospital or whatever. News in that respect, but it is being published without really any filters. Without without any journalistic ethics. Correct. And just really the hard, cold truth of what it is based on what somebody thinks they saw. And they've been the other day they posted six mugshots of people who got arrested for DUIs. That's crossing the line right there. And I feel that way too. And I, I yeah. and then I have these people, it's not like that, but there is a certain ilk of person that thrives on this kind of posting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And after you start reading it for a while, you start looking at because at first it's like, oh, then I know that like I where I live out here south of town, I live by a Walmart, I live in a storage facility. <laughs> I know if there's a fight going on in the parking lot across from me, or I know if there was a wreck at the street, or I know if somebody's doing something stupid at first, I thought this is kind of good. Yeah. Then I see, I see that people are taking these things and running with them. And then they'll say all this stuff about how bad Lafayette is. Oh, the crime in Lafayette is bad. The crime in Lafayette is bad. I will submit. It sounds bad and it is bad. But I think if you look at the difference in population, not not the racial breakdown, but just the quantity of people in Lafayette, mm-hmm. the socioeconomic, maybe the racial, all the different things that compromise our community. We John had this information at one point, the actual racial breakdown of like, what, 1970 something, John, and then like 80 and 90. I don't right. I know we talked about that in one of our, our very early, maybe the first one. We had the actual breakdown of Lafayette over a time span yeah but i think if you took it and you multiplied it it probably is about equal it's just so many more because we have so many more people right and you have this guy and others like him 
posting stuff instantaneously where before the police just handled it. We didn't see it immediately. It was always going on. We just didn't hear about it because it wasn't newsworthy. Not until it wasn't. Yeah. Not until you know, it was big and major. We heard it. But for the most part, we didn't see it as it happens. Pictures of it posted as it happens. Well, and back in that day, people listened to scanners, but you didn't have all all the new avenues you have now. So, and, and people just knew what was going on, but they didn't broadcast it to the world. It's unfortunate, but I have to listen to a scanner uh, because oh. it, it's part of the job. Uh, but if you listen to it, you got you, you have to listen to level of voices and, and things. And once again, they are saying things in real time that might not be good to get out there. Correct. Um, not even for them. Not even for them. Right. You're, you're not only putting the public at risk, you're putting the people that are trying to catch somebody uh, whatever you're putting them way out there, and I have had police chiefs say that. That's we've got to watch our people too, and uh, the scanner thing, mugshots. That's another thing. That's uh, and DUIs. Um, we stopped printing them a couple of years ago, unless it has unfortunate circumstances of, and uh, you know it's an accident and the driver kills somebody and or alcohol's involved. So, and that's a different scenario, but I, you know, and we had, I don't know why they tried this at our paper several years ago. They ran a thing and, and and this was other places had it. It was like a little uh, weekly that had mugshots of everybody, you know, and told what they were arrested for and all that stuff. That thing lasted three issues for us. And we had told them, you know, the advertising department, this isn't really a good thing for us to do. And two, people aren't going to pick this up every day or every week. And, you know, that's that's an interesting thing. Uh, a domestic can come in on the court and a person's arrested. And I hear, okay, they had both been drinking and they both got into it and all that. Well, the guy, you know, went a little too much. And so right. he gets thing. But person that's a victim is in that courtroom, doesn't want the charges filed. Well, right. it's out of the hands because, you know, it's a domestic. Uh, but I mean, as it goes along, some of those do get dropped because the the victim doesn't want to pursue for several reasons. But I, I, the main reason I really believe is because of abusive relationship. Just a clarification before we go, Sinclair Media is based in Cockeysville, a suburb of Baltimore owning and operating 193 stations in over 100 markets, covering 40% of American households. In a 2019 study, the American Political Science Review found that, quote, stations bought by Sinclair reduce coverage of local politics, increase national coverage, and move the ideological tone of coverage in a conservative direction relative to other stations operating in the same market. The company has been criticized by journalists and media analysts for requiring its stations to broadcast packaged video segments and its news anchors to read prepared scripts that contain pro-conservative editorial content. Now, like many media companies, Sinclair has laid off personnel, including news employees, reducing newscasts in four smaller markets this past spring while ending all local news broadcasts 
in five other small markets. This has been Ethnic Stew, a podcast on race and ethnic relations from the standpoint of parents and grandparents of biracial children. Like Ethnic Stew on Facebook. Check out our YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter and ethnicstew.com.